All right, welcome to episode number 53 of the Bearded Marketers Podcast, the only internet marketing podcast that matters. I'm Rob. And I'm Corey. You can catch new episodes every Monday morning at thebeardedmarketers.com slash podcast. Of course, you can also catch them on iTunes. We have a little bit of a longer list again this week of topics to run down. We're going to be covering some Google, some Twitter, some other things. But before, Trying to give you bang for the buck. Yeah, exactly. You know, a lot of, a lot of issues and, and topics discussed in this. This is a jam-packed half hour. Uh, every Monday morning with the Bearded Marketers. What are you drinking now? I'm actually sobering up a bit this week. So drinking some Starbucks Americano with a little bit of heavy cream. Quite tasty. How about yourself? I'm just doing a plain old iced coffee. In terms of decompressing though and you know trying to stay sober, you just got back from a week-long trip of rowdy partying. Well, that's business, why I'm drinking, drinking coffee and... <laughs> today. <laughs> kind of trying to get myself back into shape. <laughs> okay. So run us down. What are we doing today? All right. So like you mentioned, jam-packed episode. We're going to start it off with a recap of my recent trip out to Salt Lake City to the Adobe Summit. What are some of the trends that we picked up on? Some of the newer things that people need to keep an eye out for. Some interesting changes to Twitter. We've been having some great success there and been actually working with a Twitter team on a couple of things. So we'll let people know about some things that are coming down the pipeline or changing. Tried and true Google Corner. There are some changes. It's another week. So an, another thing is changing on mm-hmm. the Google front. And then lastly, what is the crises of advertising traffic on the web? And that's all I'm going to give you. So the keep world's that... coming to an end. Uh, <laughs> so stick around so we can tell you about it. I think Keanu it. Reeves that will save us. The... <laughs> so. <laughs> all right. So moving right along, Adobe Summit. So I just got back with a week-long trip out there. If you've never been to the Adobe Summit, they do it up big. Everyone pays them enough for them to throw this extensive bash that they do. But I wanted to talk about a few of the tactical things or trends that I observed while I was there. The first thing I noticed, a lot of talk around remarketing. And as a side note, Rob has actually just put up a a new video on remarketing that if you don't really know what that is, you can check out and get a great how-to on really how to get started with that. But thebeardedmarketers.com slash videos slash remarketing. Check it out right it, now. Bookmark, leave a comment. But the conversations around remarketing were how do companies more intelligently accomplish this, but also measurement. So Adobe has a few products out there that are looking to not only engage people on remarketing, but how do we quantify these efforts? Because sometimes when you're remarketing to people, you need to understand with your advertising campaigns, perhaps some keywords don't necessarily close the sale, but they're very important to your remarketing efforts. And sometimes we do a poor job of attributing where we should spend our money because we just concentrate on last click. Mm -hmm. So in particular, there were a lot of discussions about remarketing to search ads. So not just using the display network, but within Google and Yahoo and Bing, I believe are rolling this out as well. You can actually bid higher for people that are in your remarketing lists when they actually just use the normal search engine or the affiliated partners that use the Google API for search. A lot of partners had talked about they saw some significant gains there. Also, there was a lot of talk about using smart pixel technologies and how you get a little bit more intelligent with, again, your remarketing efforts. There was a lot of caution out there because you can spend a lot of money and not see a lot of results. So it's not necessarily a turn it on and forget about it technology, but a lot of buzz around that. 
Also, if you are in the e-commerce space, there was a lot of talk around product listing ads as well. If you're not on that, you need to get on it because there are some significant gains and I've had some pretty good experiences with that in the past. Next, there are some new products coming out to help with data analysis from Adobe. So in particular, they're rolling out a product that not only looks at your website traffic and revenue and conversions, but it will also detect anomalies for you. So if it detects that things are starting to drop for you or suddenly increase, not only will alert you to that, but now they have a lot of data connectors in there to help you understand what's driving that. So if you are an e-commerce business and you notice that a certain bike that you sell, for example, or let's actually take a step back. You notice that in one day your revenue has shot up 15% and you have control over what you're paying attention to. But let's say that that happens. Adobe is getting better at being able to tell you why that is. So in particular, we've noticed that this bike has sold more than its expected amount. And taking that a step further, we've seen that paid search accounted for 50% of that gain. But also, these three Twitter handles tweeted about your product and has since led to 7 or 10% of that conversion lift. And it will even give you ways to get in contact with those people. So you get a lot more granularity in your data to kind of help explain what might be going on, which really does empower a lot of marketers or business to know, you know, when things start shaking up, what do they need to do with that? Mm -hmm. And then lastly, I think one of their strong concentrations this year is to help streamline marketing. So they have all these tools that do all these crazy things. You know, we can do A-B testing. We can manage our campaigns through their campaign manager product. We have, obviously, their analytics product, Site Catalyst. But what they want to do is bring the whole marketing suite together. So they're also introducing these other tools, such as asset management, which gives you a place where you can centralize all your design creatives. So... When you're working on a marketing campaign, you can use this type of product to centrally locate and store all your approved creatives. So when you want to make a new banner or a new email capture form or whatever it might be, you already have a centralized place with your designers for everything that has already been generated. So you don't need to go track people down and go on this where is Waldo search internally to kind of find all these assets. You have this centralized place. And the end goal for them is to make marketing be able to keep up with the bustling and always changing world of internet marketing. And I think that they're doing an interesting job of that, but it'll be worth watching over the next couple months, how their marketing cloud product evolves over time. And I think it does present a strong value for certain companies that can afford it and can benefit from some of the optimization and the streamlining that they offer. So overall, good event, a lot of takeaways, which we'll probably delve into over the next couple weeks. But definitely check out some of their products if you haven't already. It can be quite expensive, but you also have to consider potentially the gains that you can have as a company, not just with optimizing your products, but saving time as well, because your time has a cost. So Amazing sales pitch for Adobe. I'm sure they appreciate <laughs> yeah. that. Not paid for. Even though I do use their <laughs> products, there are some out there that, I mean, we use Google products quite yeah. extensively as well. So really all just depends on what kind of business you're running, where your budgeting is and what your needs are internally. Sometimes you don't need something that complex and it can actually get in the way of your business or just overload you with stuff I, that you don't I need. I think that would be the case for me. If I had access to all of that level of detail that you sort of described in some of those situations with like testing and anomalies and all that sort of stuff, I would never get anything done. Right, you just be staring uh, at your dashboard all day. I mean, I almost spent all day just refreshing analytics <laughs> and MailChimp and Twitter and all these other things. So right. 
That would be another thing, another time waste for me. <laughs> no so, productivity gains. <laughs> like I said, we'll be delving into some of the more detailed takeaways over the next couple of weeks. I think that's a good segue to the world of Twitter. So, mm. Rob, what are some of the upcoming changes or things coming down the pipe that yeah, people so, need to be aware of? So I wanted to talk about a couple things. First is uh, there's a survey out there that's talking about some of people's frustrations with Twitter, and I'm talking more about the general public. So, you know, a lot of us in the internet marketing community are very familiar with it, use it on a regular basis. It's a thriving thing for us. A lot of those young kids out there, they know how to use it. <laughs> you know, they got the ins and outs down, you know, retweeting, following, they get it, right? But there's a massive uh, audience out there who, you know, hears the buzz about Twitter, tries to use it, and just has no idea what is going on. What's the point of it? How am I supposed to use it? What am I supposed to get from it? So I'm going to, you know, run through what are some of the problems that people run into? And then also there's been some glimpses of some some new features, some mm-hmm. changes that Twitter has been testing over the last few weeks. And I'll talk about some of those and maybe some of the impacts okay. on that. So first things first. Why are people giving up on Twitter when they sign up? These old people, I don't know, you know, these 35-year-olds, something like that. It's pretty Mm -hmm. old in our world. What's the main reason they give for giving up on their Twitter account? So number one on the list, this is 82% of people say, I was getting the information from somewhere else, so I don't see the need to have a Twitter account or, or deal with that. Number two, there was no useful information on Twitter. So it's kind of like a weird one and two. Like one is I already get everything else. Number two is... At 77%, there's nothing of any worth on Twitter that I could find. 76%, there were too many tweets, and Twitter wasn't doing a good job of sorting or filtering the stuff that I cared about. It's really in your hands. Right. Maybe you shouldn't follow 5,000 people (laughs) because then, yes, it does become useless. Number 68, I signed up for Twitter and forgot about it. So So engaging new customers. (laughs) Um, 62%. I switched to another social networking service, which I'm not really sure what would be a good replacement for Twitter or how that makes much sense. Well, I mean, to a sense, Tumblr or Instagram. I mean, they're short bursts of information. They add the picture element, which is a little bit Mm -hmm. more strong. So, Yeah, if you used it for pictures and stuff, I guess, yeah, you Mm -hmm. could easily switch over to an Instagram or a Tumblr. Tumblr especially. No, Instagram. That's what I meant. I don't know. I get them all confused. They all have weird names. Yeah. I don't use them. All right. The last one on here that I'm going to talk about. 60%, I was annoyed with the ads on Twitter, which what? I always I always felt like Twitter did a pretty good job. You know, full disclosure, I love advertising on Twitter. <laughs> that shit works. If you're not doing advertising on Twitter, get it together, man. Well, at it least works. be testing it. I could see yeah. for certain demographics. Yeah. If you, if you actually have a terrible product, it won't work. <laughs> If you're selling scam diet pills, it may not work quite as well. Actually, it may work. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, you're right. Okay, so now that we've got sort of the reasons, here's some recommendations that people gave for Twitter. If they change some of these features, I would come back. Number one on the list, better sorting and filtering tools with less clutter. Again, I don't really understand that. I feel like it's pretty well sorted if you don't follow a million people. Uh, Number two, more of my friends joined Twitter. I'm sorry, Mm -hmm. you don't have cool friends. And finally, this is the last one I'm going to talk about. Uh, 66% more photo sharing or video sharing. I might be able to give you video. I mean, photo's pretty Mm -hmm. straightforward. I mean, like you said there, there's some other options now for that that are probably more popular for sharing photos. So maybe if Twitter had better 
filter elements so people can make those Instagram type mm. pictures <laughs> on Twitter. Yeah, I just want to see the pictures on Twitter. That's what I want to <laughs> you know, filter that, uh, by post with get pictures. effect on there and the <laughs> HDR blow everything out. What was the first point you said for the new features or what the one thing that they would change? They, they, well, that was it. I was They want better sorting and filtering tools with less so, clutter. So going back to that point, do you think part of that issue with the filtering and the clutter or whatever they want to classify it as is just really a symptom of the Twitter infrastructure or Mm -hmm. what Twitter is for. So you obviously have the granular control over who you follow. But I do see that people might provide more updates that are of little value is a bit harsh, but I'm reading a newspaper hashtag. You know, you get more updates that are just more of everyday life that you might not care about versus maybe some of the other mediums that take a little bit more effort to put into Mm -hmm. or you find yourself not updating as frequently do you think that's part of it which is Mm -hmm. really just kind of what twitter is actually built for so i don't know if there's going to be a way to filter that out i think for the general population it's twitter is kind of a rough thing to use Mm -hmm. um because it takes you know instagram is basically pictures with hashtags right Right. Uh, so twitter is sort of minus the pictures for most people so it's just a quippy little hashtag little tweets that right aren't really of much value unless you're in that world doing quippy little things back. Right. Um, Or you're you're following someone that's a little bit more purposeful in their mm -hmm. Twitter account, which, you know, how do you really gauge or filter that? Yeah, which, again, again, for the general, like, population, I mean, what, I don't know. I feel like, you know, that that number one reason that they gave in the first one, which is I can get it everywhere else. Mm -hmm. This information I'm finding from CNN, from following CNN, I can get that from their website, or I get it from just watching CNN. Like, there's really no reason for me to, to follow a bunch of other people on Twitter. Last little thing, I'm going to give you some stats. These are the stats on the number of followers people had on Twitter that gave up. 58.5% of people who quit Twitter had less than 10 followers. What noise did you have then? <laughs> I'm pretty sure if you just sign up for a Twitter account right now, you'll get at least 20 spam accounts following you. Right, so Right. So I don't know how you only have less than 10 followers. Maybe that points to a larger problem, though. Sure. Uh, no one's following me, so I'm out. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I think maybe that's the you real struggle reason. struggle with the onboarding process. Right. Then 25%, 10 to 30, and then it falls off from there. Uh, you know, so maybe that maybe that points to really why you left Twitter. You don't really know how to use it, maybe. Yeah, no absolutely. following me. Uh, but that, that good, also kind of goes to, there has to be some reflection back on Twitter. Do they do an adequate job of when you're joining you know, giving you the tour of features okay. and, and helping you feel a bit more comfortable. Speaking to ease of use and understanding the concept and all of these things. So here are some recent changes that Twitter has been seen implementing in the wild via apps and the website testing. And um, there's some screenshots of people showing these things. So one is, and this is, I think, causing the most uproar, although it's not a huge issue. It's just definitely a big change for Twitter, is that the term retweet this has been seen in the wild as being changed to share this. Ah. Uh, so that's a big difference. I mm-hmm. think that that would help general people trying to use the site. What the hell is a retweet? Share this is obviously very straightforward. People are used to seeing that on Facebook and you know Google Plus and everything else. That makes sense. That's one of the things that they've seen changing. The other one is, and this is more for advertisers or just people who want to see know how popular they are. So you know, Facebook will allow you as you're logged into your account, see how many people viewed your tweet or your post in mm-hmm. Facebook, that is. So Twitter's been rolling this feature out now. So you actually be able to see your exposure 
mm-hmm. on tweets, not just number of favorites and retweets and all that other stuff. The final thing that they've been seeing in the wild testing is tagging people inside photos. Okay. So trying to, you know, we're trying to jump on that photo sharing game right now. Right. So, you know, Facebook has this, has had this forever. So now when you take a picture of your friend, you post it on your Twitter account, you can tag your friend in the photo. I'm sure the integration will be kind of fly there and, and help with the whole retweeting and sharing and, and just... Conversation. The conversation on Twitter. Yeah. Yeah. That's the way to put it. Yeah. So those are so the three things they're trying to roll out to try to increase usage on Twitter. Mm-hmm. That'll be interesting to see what happens with that. So moving right along, it wouldn't be an episode if we didn't talk about Google. So this week we're going to cover one tip and then one item that is changing, which might have some more impact to our email marketers, of course. So we'll cover the change first. So it's been confirmed actually with Gmail's blog post that they are now rolling out a new way to do promotional emails. So they are rolling out this feature slowly that allow users to basically change the look and feel of promotional emails that they get. Hard to communicate in the podcast, but definitely check out our Twitter. We'll tweet out a link about this. But essentially what this change will do, if the user opts into it, is take the standard Gmail, very boring layout, we could say, of just what typical email clients look like. Just subject line, a little snippet, and then who it's from, to now be more of a I guess a card layout or something more akin to Pinterest where there's content boxes for specific emails. And the big change is Google will allow you to set a specific image for each email. So now what will happen is as you look at your promotional email window, you will now have these individual content boxes which represent emails And now email marketers can actually set a specific promotional image Mm -hmm. for each one of these emails. It actually looks really neat. Uh, I don't know how often people are going to use it. It does look a lot prettier. And I think what it will do is if people are actually using this, it will definitely set the creative brands apart from just everyone else that's kind of in the herd. You do need to use special markup and coding for each one of your emails if you want to take advantage of it. And this blog post details it, but essentially you need to include in your email telling Google where to pull this information and how to format it. Definitely check it out. It'll be interesting to see the adoption rate or if Google eventually takes and makes that experience default instead. Which brings up the question, how does the default look work if I don't set that little square image in my logo thumbnail? What does it look like? You mean just like the standard emails? Right. So if I'm a user and I just, if I went into my Gmail right now and switched over to this tiled paned look. Oh, okay. I see what you're saying. What's what's in the boxes? I would imagine this is just a wild assumption at my part is it would probably try to pull the header image of the email Mm -hmm. and then As it does kind of now, if there's a Google profile image set, it will pull that automatically. Mm -hmm. But if not, it'll put that standard avatar in there. But that's a good question. Maybe we'll tweet out the default experience. It will be interesting to see, or maybe it actually just ignores it if it's not present. Like we don't want to create hideous looking tiles. Yeah, maybe just keep those at the bottom in like the normal list view. Right. And the pretty ones get to go up in the top. There is also ad support in this new format. So even in the screenshots that the Gmail team provided, there is still ad placements within these tile formats that get pushed to the top. So you will still have the ability to market to Gmail users 
even in this new format. So that might be interesting to note as well. Another question that I'm thinking of uh, just now as we're talking about this is, okay, so I understand, well, this is for the promotional tab, right? Correct. So this only works in that tab. So is this a clever way? I don't know if this makes any sense or not because you have to set those special tags. So if I send normal emails to people and I've been showing in their inbox, now I have those tags in there and Google knows I'm a promotional email and throws me in the promo tab. I mm-hmm. think that could be some sort of slick mm-hmm. way they're trying to do it's this. Like, like, oh, take advantage of this. Cool. But now I know you're a marketer. Well, yeah, it's like this voluntary way of saying you're a promotional email because you set these specific tags that only should be in promo emails. So now we got an easy filter. Potentially. I mean, we work with quite a few partners, and I will say that at least in our experience, Google is already bang on point at knowing that already. Mm-hmm. I mean, we haven't really had tons of partners, stuff that comes through that isn't on that, if that's what their company yep. is doing. So I don't know how many people that would affect. So maybe if you found a workaround that gets you into the priority inbox, maybe like you said, you want to avoid this because that's going to for sure throw you into the promotions tab. I don't know what the percentages of companies that have essentially found that yeah. special nugget to That's just avoid my crazy that. little conspiracy yeah. theory. You know, I got my Google tinfoil hat on sometimes. <laughs> sometimes. But definitely check it out. I think for people that want to use it, it is a pretty nice experience. But we'll have to see what the adoption rate is. But at this point, other than like Rob said, if you found some trickeries to get around that, to me, it doesn't really hurt to throw this in anyways. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think you would already have all of this information anyways. So you might as well just take advantage. It's just another one of those damn tags you got to put on. I mean, right now on websites, how many tags do you have to throw on there to make it look good if someone tweets it, Facebooks it, mm-hmm. uh, Google Pluses it, uh, tries yeah, to email it to keeps someone. Keeps us having like, a job, so I'm not going to complain. All the, all the tags <laughs> you have to add to show up great in Google, and now my email's got to be tagged. Or if you this have is, video on the page. It's out of control, man. Mm-hmm. I, my tags are now half the code on my pages. <laughs> and then you get to content <laughs> later on. Yeah, exactly. So check that out. If you're in the email marketing space, this Gmail changes for promotions might be interesting for you. The other item we had in the Google corner, which is really quick, if you use Google Analytics, definitely check out the gallery. So this is an area that Google curates and allows people to upload custom reports, dimensions, dashboards, all these types of features in Google Analytics where if you're using this product and you're having a hard time getting a handle on things, maybe you're like, I'd really like to know better SEO reporting or I'd like to know a better way to look at my PPC campaigns, definitely check out the Google Analytics solution library. There might be a lot of good reporting or dashboards that you might want to take advantage of to give you a better handle on your website and what's going on. So Give that a check out. There's a lot of good things in there. And what also helps is there's a review aspect for most of the submissions. So you can kind of do some quality filtering that way as well. Well, that's cool screenshots and other things of the different reports and things Mm -hmm. you can check out. So yeah, I think anyone who's, who does really anything inside Google Analytics should check it out. And maybe there's some report that really would help you out with Mm -hmm. your marketing efforts. Last item that we're going to talk about, ooh, this was a scurry article in the Wall Street Journal. Crisis Uh, in advertising. Yeah, so why don't you go into what that article is about? Right, so essentially the headline was something along those lines. Crisis in online advertising that's happening right now, apparently. Basically, the gist is they're reporting this as if this is new news, that new new. Never happens. And their main point is that 30% of internet traffic is bots and or bogus, whatever, junk traffic. And that online advertisers, especially display advertisers, end up paying because, you know, they pay per impression. Mm -hmm. Could be up to a third of the amount that they're paying for advertising is for junk traffic that's not real. 
presenting this as if it's some sort of crisis that no one's ever thought of and like, holy cow, I didn't realize this and I'm overpaying for everything and blah, 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 whatever, whatever, whatever. You know, I just wanted to bring this up in case anyone, you know, listeners out there maybe aren't quite as informed or just read the headline and freak out. That's not really the case. I mean, yes, there's junk traffic out there, but there always has been, there always will be, and that's the cost of doing business online. I I don't see how that really changes anything. Well, let's let's even take a step back. It's the cost of advertising. Yeah. So when I purchase a billboard, I'm not getting everyone's eyes that is interested in my product. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of junk drivers that drive by and are interested in maybe my awesome truck stop that I have with all my knickknacks and stuffed gators. I don't know. But it doesn't matter. Any sort of advertising method you can think of has a junk aspect of that. Mm -hmm. The point is, hopefully you found the right partner, you've done your research, and you created such a good ad copy or marketing campaign that essentially you still make money. There's yeah. going to be an, an element of your campaigns that doesn't reach everyone. There's, that's just impossible. Yeah. And along those lines, I mean, a couple points, a couple more points, you know, I think for most of us, it's all about conversions anyway. So the fact that a third of my traffic is junk, yeah, while that may bug me or whatever, ultimately, even if I'm paying per impression or per click, I'm really paying per conversion. Sure. And as long as these numbers back out, I'm fine with that. I mean, obviously you work on your targeting and maybe try to remove as much of that unqualified junk traffic as possible. Overall, I don't think it's a huge issue. Although at the same time, there is something to be said for monitoring your traffic streams and making sure that they aren't changing over time. As an example, let's say that for most campaigns, 30% of the traffic is junk, right? Let's, we live with that and Mm -hmm. whatever. But over time, it's starting to creep up to 50, 60%. And now my campaigns don't perform as well. And there are ways you can sort of back out and try to find these things out. As an example that I've been dealing with recently, and yeah, I'm going to call them out, Bing. Bing paid search ads. Yeah. So we do a lot in the industry. Mm -hmm. I probably shouldn't have said that. And (laughs) so... Censor that. Yeah. uh, (laughs) So we buy a lot of keywords in there. It's a seasonal sort of product. So over time, sometimes the keywords that we bid on will become high trending keywords. Mm -hmm. Well, Bing likes to advertise these in a certain way by showing them up on the side nav on the Bing homepage or random other pages. So when this happens, we'll get a ton of crap clicks on our websites, even though we're supposedly paying for paid search traffic and blah, 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 blah. Our quality has gone to crap. Do be aware of situations like that, but don't, you know, worry too much about the overall general trend of most traffic on the internet. Yeah, I mean, that's just advertising in general. I mean, it's it definitely was a clickbait type article. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And like you said, you still need to pay attention to your traffic. That doesn't mean that you just accept everything out that comes through with your display campaigns or whatever you're advertising online. Think that this speaks to the larger thing to be aware of in that we are used to online being able to measure everything and highly optimize and control every part of the process. When it comes to advertising, you're not going to necessarily always be able to just put your message in front of just the right people. And there's also something to be said for sometimes people change, like you said. So even though someone is not a target audience right now, who's to say that you haven't planted that seed in a month or two or a year that they now become that target audience. So I think that there's just a shift in mindset that needs to happen sometimes to understand that we don't necessarily have the level of granular control that we think we do in certain aspects of online marketing. Mm-hmm. But just because there's some junk traffic on there, don't start just running around it. Just panicking. Just it. it right. is what it is. But that's going to do it for us on this episode number 53 of the Beard Marketers. Thank you for your time. Give us a call, 904 
Got a topic for us to talk about. Maybe you listen every week and go, ah, the bearded men didn't talk about it this week. I really wanted them to. Or maybe you're just stressed out about something. You don't really know where to turn. Maybe your boss is yelling at you about something. Give us a call. If we don't have an answer for you, uh, we can certainly put you into contact with someone that can. Also check out the new video that Rob put up about remarketing, beardmarketers.com slash videos slash remarketing. Give it a check out. Also, you can submit your own ideas for a video if you want us to cover a certain topic. Also, if you're an expert in the industry, feel free to drop us a line at the website or on Twitter. Conducted a couple interviews recently that we're going to be spinning up into the more recent podcasts, but we're always interested in talking to people that can help out our listeners. We don't take product pitches, so if that's what you're looking for, not the right venue for that. But if you have a great experience that you want to share and you feel like it's a good fit for this podcast, drop us a line and we'll see if we can work you into our content schedule. Thanks again for your time. It's been a pleasure as always. And we'll see you next week. 